Hello and welcome to Car Talk from National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're broadcasting this week from the Truth in Advertising Department here at Car Talk Plaza. All right. Have you ever read the London Review of Books? Books? No. Me? No. No. I get the <laughs> London Review of Power Tools. <laughs> why, do you, why do you ask? Well, I mean, who would you imagine reads the London Review of Books? Uh, I mean, who do I imagine? I mean, yeah. you, want, you want me to, like, paint the picture? Yeah, yeah, paint the picture. Uh, all right, well, I see, like, wild boar's heads mounted on the walls, okay? Hmm? Overstuffed leather lounge chairs, you know, snifters of brandy, bow ties, guys with pipes, monocles, you know, you, you get, yeah. right? I mean, I would have said the same thing, but apparently they also have a sense of humor. Really? People. <laughs> I have here some personal ads... That came from the London Review of Books. Are you ready for this? Go ahead. All right, here's the first one. My finger on the pulse of culture, my ear to the ground of philosophy, my hip in the medical waste bin of Glasgow Royal Infirmary, male, 81 years old, <laughs> looking for richer, older, <laughs> older, <laughs> sex-starved woman. <laughs> On the brink of death. <laughs> On the brink of death. Box 7648. And it says, quickly, the clock is ticking. <laughs> Here, I'll read one. You ready? Yeah. Shy, ugly man, fond of extended periods of self-pity. Flatulent and overweight. Six the impossible. <laughs> Box number 8623. <laughs> this is good. I've divorced better men than you <laughs> and worn more expensive shoes than these. So don't think placing this ad is the biggest come down I've ever had to make. Sensitive female, <laughs> thirty-four, box sixty-three, twenty-two. <laughs> List your ten favorite albums. I just want to know if there will be anything worth keeping when we finally break up. <laughs> Practical, forward-thinking man, thirty-five, box number three two two one. Well, here's one that could have been placed by my brother. Maybe, maybe it was. It says. Grave disappointment all around. <laughs> Would like to meet serious mistake in a nighty. <laughs> Box 6453. All right, I got one more. Blah, blah, whatever. Indifferent woman. Go ahead and write. Box number 3253, like I care. <laughs> I those, love it. Those are great. <laughs> Very good. Those are from a new book. We'll put a link on our website if you want to read it. <laughs> they were great. Well, look, if you have a question about your car or a mistake you made in a nighty, <laughs> give us a call at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-82. Hi, guys. This is Stephanie from New York City. Hi, Stephanie. Stephanie what with you think an of F or a PH. A PH. Okay. Good. I got you. And an IE. And an IE. Great. What's going on, Stephanie? Well, we have this 85 Westphalia um, Vanagon. You do, that I love, and um, problem is, it's first of all, the, it starts up when it's completely cold, but once it's running, it has trouble starting up again when it's warm, and it sounds exactly opposite of what I'm expecting to happen because I've heard on car talk a lot of times when the car is cold, pieces don't fit together, and then when they warm up, it expands and then they touch, and like a starter will work that way. Well, we oh, never but, said that, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> we were, we're often misquoted, misunderstood, and misrepresented. <laughs> We would, never, we would never have said that, but, <laughs> no, okay. but we well, might now. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> so what, okay. so, so you, you, you drive the thing. It starts up when it's cold. It starts right up. It purrs. It's wonderful. The problem is, is that when we go to get gas in it, we can't turn it off because if we turn it off at the gas station to get gas or we stop to run errands, you come back out. If it's still warm, it won't start. And when, you, when, when, when it won't start, what does it do? It just makes a click. It won't even do a roll. Ah, it, does it just nothing. does a it's click. Just a click. Ah, okay. Ah, that makes it easier. And and so and what's the remedy then? You, how long do you have to sit in the gas station? And how many books have you read? <laughs> Ready for the well, thing to restart. The remedy is, is my husband and I kind of fight about it because he says then let's not even turn off the car while we're getting gas, which of course makes me extremely anxious because you should. Yes. So we basically just sit there in the car. Um, for five to ten minutes until it can start again. Sometimes we try to look for a, a downhill slope, so we can kind of put the car in neutral and let it let it um, ride a little bit. Yeah, so it's a stick shift vehicle, and you can yeah, yeah and, it's just, exactly. and it just starts right up when you do. Yeah, that. It, it, it sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah. clearly the starter motor isn't working. Yeah, 
Okay. And it's easy enough to figure out for someone to uh, simply hook up a test light to the solenoid wire. Well, in the better starter. yet, just take a sledgehammer down. down yeah, you got to you got to crawl underneath <laughs> the vehicle, but you could do that. But I think a, a It'll test be light easy to find. Yeah, you, if you take okay. it someplace and and they can reproduce the symptom, then they can simply find out if there's electricity getting to the starter and it isn't working. Sometimes if they wrap the starter with a hammer, it'll crank right over. And and, and you might want to try that yourself. If you have a, banging it with a hammer, a nice broom handle. But you got to get underneath the thing what? because the starter the is starter buried. is buried. Someone's okay. going to have to lie down and whack the starter with the end of the broom. Then the thing will start up. It'll drive over who's ever under there. If you're lucky, it's your <laughs> husband, and he won't complain anymore. <laughs> yeah, take okay. it someplace, and they'll right. figure we it out. We both think it's the starter motor. Okay, and that does that sound very expensive? No, no. a few hundred bucks. Okay, great. I think one eighty-seven fifty. Yeah, I think so. They're on special today. <laughs> See you, Stephanie. <laughs> All right, thanks. Hey, your NPR website rocks. Oh, thanks. Cool. <laughs> yeah. okay. Bye, bye, bye. Thanks. Eight 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 Car Talk. That's eight 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 two two seven eighty two fifty five. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Uh, this is Garrett Kepping from Lake Oswego, Oregon. What's your name again? Uh, Garrett Kepping. Hi, oh, Garrett. Garrett. Got it. Where, where are you from again? Uh, Lake Oswego, Oregon. Lake. Oswego, Oregon. Oh, yeah, that's there, way I thought, out I there. I thought there was in New oh. York. There's one of those in New York, too. Uh, I guess they're everywhere. Yeah. They must be. They're everywhere, yeah. <laughs> so what's going on, We got Garrett? one right here in the studio. <laughs> so what's up? Well, I don't know a lot about cars, and, and uh, so when I go to these oil change places, I kind of have a, uh, a semi-annual uh, vexation, which is <laughs> they always are trying to get me to make some sort of uh, prediction on my air filter. Ah. Um, so I'll go out and they'll show me this kind of scum encrusted thing <laughs> and expect me to make some sort of ruling as to whether it should be replaced or not. Yeah. And clearly there's a right or wrong answer. And I don't know what it is. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm afraid I'm, I'm marking myself for, uh, for being taken advantage of by guessing wrong. And yeah, yeah, yeah. See, when these oil change places first arrived on the, on the world, they discovered very quickly that they could not make a living changing oil. There just wasn't enough money involved in changing oil. So they realized they had to help themselves out. So they make sure that they find something else, as long as you're there, that they can also... Right, sell you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of a worse word, but oh. sell you is... <laughs> well, but, but, I mean, it may be legitimate. You know, you, you it may, may well you be. May, so you're trying to determine, I guess. Yeah. You are, know, they, when, are they lying to you? Well, you don't even know if they're showing you your air filter. <laughs> <laughs> right? They, they may have a, a crud-encrusted air filter that they show everyone. They just show everybody. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> everybody yeah. Too. Yeah, if you hung around the waiting room long enough, you might say, hey, wait a minute. It looks like the same one. <laughs> so, so the question is, when do you believe it? When, when they try to send you this, what, what do you do? You say, well, no, no, no. no. Usually uh, inquiring. I mean, they're they're not uh, dictating that I do this, and yeah, they're, yeah. they're all very nice about it, they're which makes me nice even more it. insecure. Yeah, because I mean, clearly there there seems to be a right answer of which they are expecting. Oh, well, oh. Well, it's... the right answer is to rely on on the maintenance schedule in your owner's manual, mm. and and that may say, for example, and it's typical to change your air filter every thirty thousand miles. I don't know what kind of a car you have. Uh, 2000 Subaru Impreza. And, and you don't live in an area where there's a severe volcanic activity anymore? Uh, no, Mount St. Helen hasn't popped for a while. Now. Well, I was just yeah. checking. You know, and, and you don't do the kind of driving that, that would dirty the filter. I mean, you're not doing off-roading stuff. You're not uh, doing the Baja 900 or anything. In a Subaru Impreza? No. Well, I don't know. You know, <laughs> We have a lot of strange listeners. You never know. <laughs> so if you're doing ordinary kind of driving, 30,000 miles is a typical air filter you know, life. And and changing the oil is a lot less than that. Yeah, so if you're going in to change your oil and every time they're trying to sell you an air filter... Then uh, obviously someone is lying. Right, but if, if you haven't changed it in a long time, do you remember ever changing it? Uh, <laughs> I don't really dedicate a lot of memory to these events. So yeah. I'm not... I, I don't really recall. So here's, here's How my, many miles on the vehicle now? Uh, about 80,000. And, and you don't remember... Ever changing the air filter? Well, uh, I mean, I probably did. Have you? T have you take it any place other than the quickie oil change place? You go to the no. Subaru? No, just the quickie places. 
So you haven't had the car serviced in 80,000? No, I mean, I, I, I do all the, the other stuff. It's just the only thing that always confuses me is the air filter. I didn't know there was a – what the gauge was because they are always showing it to me yeah. as if visually I'm supposed to discern um, the, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of it. But you do take the vehicle in – for checkups. Oh like, yeah, yeah. No, okay. oh you do. So okay. they, but oh, they're yeah. asking you, and when you say, and when, and when you say, no, I don't want to do it, they they just say, okay, fine, and they put the thing back. Yeah, they, well, they shrug, and then recently, they, they, one of them said something about, well, you're starting to get lines. Lines. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know what that means. So do they mean on your forehead? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. No, I, I you know, I, I would if if it's here's what you should do. You should keep a record of when these things are done. Yeah. And, and you, you know, gotta have some idea because you can't just go by looking at whatever they're showing you. Yeah, and you keep the record in the car. So when yeah, they say you one... need the oil, the air filter change, you can say, "Wait a minute, let's look in the glove box." And you say, well, "Oh, I changed it twelve thousand miles ago. I, I think I'm fine. See you later." And they'll be embarrassed and they won't try that again. Maybe until the next time. All right, that sounds like a good plan. You know, but but if you follow the recommendation in the in the owner's manual, you can't go wrong. You know, unless you're doing unusual kinds of things with the car, and we won't ask what those might be. <laughs> you, you don't need to change it more than the manufacturer recommends. Okay, sounds good. All right, see you, Gary. Yeah. All right, thank you. <laughs> a good question. Yeah, indeed. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8250. Hi, this is Zelda in Denver. Hi, Zelda. Zelda. Hi, were you? I don't think I've ever met a Zelda. Well, we're a unique breed. The only Zelda I remember was from the Dobie Gillis show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's what's going on? Well, we have a marital dispute. Oh, And really? I know you love these. Yeah, oh, well. yeah. My brother's going to even starting. <laughs> okay. Well, my husband is 34 years older than I am, so he's maybe working with some outdated technology 34 knowledge. years older than you are. Yeah. I'm a child bride. You Jeez. certainly are. So well, we won't. We'll, we'll get to the okay. gritty gritty stuff in a while. But what's the, what's the nature of the dispute? Well, I I drove a stick shift for years and years and years, and whenever I parked the car, I always put the parking brake on. Mm -hmm. I don't drive a stick anymore. I have a 2004 Honda CRV, but I still, when I park, I put the brake on, just mm -hmm. force of habit. So with all this cold and snow and everything that we've been having out here, and then it melts and we drive through puddles of ice water. I pulled into the garage, put the brake on, and he said to me, no, no, you shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, why not? And he said, well, because the whole mechanism can freeze, the calipers, the hydraulics, the whole bit, it's all going to freeze. And the next time you get in the car and release the brake, it's not going to release and you're not going to go anywhere. And I told him he was full of crap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, he's, he's half full. Uh, and so we talked about it, and I said, well, we'll just call the car guys. Yeah. Oh, was the That's discussion nice. heated? Well, not really. Is your garage heated? Uh, no. <laughs> well, I suppose under the right conditions, under the right, and I mean if you had a slushy, you know, above freezing temperatures, slightly above, and and all of the this stuff could build up on the underside of the car and and then it gets very cold and then all then you get a deep freeze you know the temperature drops ten to fifteen degrees yeah sure the stuff could it could freeze he is right he was a little bit over but basically he's got it right darn oh no no that... I mean it, he is right but it's not a big deal and the fact of the matter is that the chances of it happening are very very small. Oh, good. Especially since you're parking in the garage. Well, if the garage isn't heated, it could happen. I mean, it's probably as cold out in the garage as it is outside. Well, the bottled water and the cans of soda and stuff don't freeze. Oh, in which case, ignore him. Oh, good. <laughs> see, yeah. Well, see, he used to run hooch in a 1939 Hudson Hornet. So that's where his, his knowledge is coming well, from. Well, he's old enough, so he's probably going to forget that he even mentioned this. Right? Well, that's possible, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now, do I have to buy dinner, or does he have to buy me a significant jewel or gemstone? I think he needs to buy you a significant gemstone. Oh, good. So anyway, I mean, how did this? How, how did you find this old geezer? <laughs> I, I met him in a cheap, sleazy bar. <laughs> we have a friend who's a musician, and so we we met through this mutual friend who happened to be performing in that cheap, sleazy bar. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Well, how, how long have you been married? Fifteen years. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So that's wonderful. He's 82. He's 82. Good and for we, him. We, good, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, I'm a lot younger than that, and my wife dumped me already. <laughs> 
Wives, don't wife, wives. <laughs> My wives stumped me already. Right. Well, Zelda, I, I'm sure that you will resolve this amicably. I mean, technically, I suppose he's right, but practically speaking, you're right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So you can yeah. buy each other dinner. Maybe I'll even buy him a little gemstone. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> See you later. Well, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, look, it, it's time for us to take a, a short break, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, and when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's puzzler. Do you remember last week's puzzle? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> I'm supposed to ask you whether you remember the puzzler. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, well, the puzzle was a mathematical problem involving a three-way duel. Very good. You remembered. Hey, lose the attitude, backseat <laughs> breath. We'll be back with the answer to the puzzler and more of your car questions in just a minute. So please stay tuned. Perfect Colorado blonde in a cabriolet. Top down. I'm driving this 87 Aries, she won't even look my way. But that can't chase this buzz away. Dad car, driving my dad car. Dad car, got a date in my dad car. Got a bastion fender in an oil leak. Blue book value is mighty weak. A chassis is rusty and the body is beat. I'm so cheap, but she thinks it's sweet. She likes to see me drive up in my dad car. Dad car. <laughs> Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and uh, the answer to last week's puzzler. And, yeah. And uh, as I mentioned, this was mathematical in nature, so mm -hmm. pay attention. It was about shooting people. Well, yeah, you came to mind, actually. <laughs> Imagine, if you will, three gentlemen, I'll call them Mr. Black, Mr. Brown, and Mr. White, who so detest each other that they decide to uh, resolve their differences with pistols. Wow. I think they were fighting over the last piece of Sara Lee cheesecake in the freezer, actually. <laughs> anyway, what we have is a duel, but a three-way duel. And unlike the gunfights of the Old West, where the participants would simultaneously draw their guns and shoot at each other, these three gentlemen have come up with a rather civilized approach, if the word civilized can apply to whacking each other. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mr. White is the worst shot of the three and hits his target one time out of three. Mr. Brown is twice as good and hits his target two times out of three. And Mr. Black is deadly. He never misses. If he shoots at you, you're, you're gone. dead. So to even the odds a bit, Mr. White is given first shot. Okay? And mm -hmm. then Mr. Brown is next, if he's still alive. And then he's followed, of course, by Mr. Black, if he's still alive. And they will continue shooting like this, in this order, until two of them are dead. <laughs> you got it? You with me? I'm with you. This is actually interesting. So here's the question. I should listen when you give out these. And you might even talk. remember them. I might. <laughs> so here's the question. Mr. White is the first shooter. He's the worst shot, don't forget. At whom should he aim his first shot to maximize his chances of surviving? Okay, now he only is going to hit someone one time out of three. Exactly. Here's the yeah. answer. Mr. White should aim at no one. He should miss. Okay? What? On purpose. And by doing so, okay, yeah. he ensures that one of the better shooters, Mr. Black or Mr. Brown, will be eliminated. Now, neither of them is going to waste a shot at Mr. White, right? He's not that much of a threat. Right. So if he shoots wildly, right, yeah. then Mr. Brown and Mr. Black have to go after each other. So after Mr. White misses, Mr. Brown, whose shot it is now, will obviously take aim at Mr. Black. If okay. he misses, then Mr. Black will return fire and kill Mr. Brown. Yeah. Obviously, right? Yeah. But no matter what, it's now Mr. White's shot again. Yeah. So by shooting into the air, he guaranteed himself a second shot. He still allows a shot, one in three, right? Uh -huh. But at least he gets to shoot first at the one and only opponent still standing. Yeah. Now, for example, if he shot at Mr. Black and... and Let's say let's take the worst case scenario. Let's say he shot at Mr. Brown and he killed him. He got lucky. Yeah, he's a goner. He's a goner because Mr. Black is going to shoot next and, and, and that's he's going to kill him. Yeah, and but 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 by shooting and missing, 
he makes sure that Mr. Brown takes out Mr. Black or vice versa, and then it's his shot again. And he's only got a one in three chance. That's right. But he'd have no chance if he had killed one of them before. Because we probably would have been wiped out himself. He, he gets a no he, chance. Right. If he had killed Mr. Brown, for example, he'd have had no chance at a second shot. This way, ah. he's got a 100% so chance. Even though he's only got a one chance out of three, he might actually kill somebody. Well, yeah. And, and then he's done. He's probably a goner. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't ask how he could ensure survival. We just asked how he could improve his chances, and that's how he could do it. Did you understand that? I do. That's interesting. <laughs> Did anyone else understand that? <laughs> of course we all understood it. Okay, so who's our winner? The winner is Bill Spenz from Norman, Oklahoma. And for having his answer selected at random from among those thousands or three correct answers <laughs> that we got, Bill is going to get a $26 gift certificate to the Shameless Commerce Division at cartalk.com where he can get a couple of our Car Talk dipstick mugs. These are yellow mugs that appear from the outside to be one-third filled with motor oil. Mm. <laughs> and if you drank from one of these at the garage, it probably would be filled with motor oil. <laughs> anyway, we have a brand-new puzzle coming up in the third half of the show, so stick around for that. In the meantime, if you have a question about your car, call us at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hi, my name is Denise. Hi, Denise. Where, where are you calling from? Indian Head, Maryland. Okay. We got it. What's going on, Denise? Well, we have a 1999 Nissan Altima. Okay. Who's we? You and your husband? My husband and I, yes. Okay. And about a year ago, we were living up in Branford, Connecticut, just outside of New Haven. Yep. And it happened to be a snowy day, and I was driving, and I saw this, what looked like a kind of a hunk of snow left in the middle of the road from the snowplow. So I just drove over it. Wow. Well, apparently it wasn't just a little hunk of snow. It was probably ice or something because it made this just tremendously loud bang. Was it someone? <laughs> <laughs> or something? Was it Jimmy Hoffa? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that big. No, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, oh, it wasn't that big. All right. It wasn't that big. It was like a big snowball. Wow. Um, so anyway, I, we just drove along. Nothing appeared to be wrong or anything. But it was a big bump when you it went over it. It was a big bump. And, and you, did, you didn't hit it with a tire. You drove over it until it went under the it. middle of your car. Exactly. Yeah. So a little while later, we noticed that our gas gauge isn't working. Not on this same trip, but the next time we go to put gas in it, I yeah. fill it up. It clicks off. But when I start the car, the gas gauge won't go any further than... A little less than three-quarters of a tank, closer to a half of a tank is what is all it would register. And um, Even though you knew it was full? Even though it, I knew it was full. It had clicked off, clicked full. So my husband doesn't think this is a big deal because he says all you have to do is when you fill the tank, you hit the odometer and start at zero, and you know that the car will mm-hmm. have about go about 350, 360 miles, and then you need to fill up. It's empty. But it drives me crazy because I'm an Episcopal priest, and I have to keep track of my mileage when I travel. And I was always in the habit of when I started in the car from the church, hitting the odometer. Oh, and right. And I came back, writing down whatever it said. Why is that so important? Because she gets compensated get reimbursed reimbursed. for my mileage. And you can't fake it because right. it wouldn't, we wouldn't be exact. in keeping with your position in, in the community. It wouldn't? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Make you... Make it up. What the hell do you care? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, so you, you See, like to... when you know you're done for, you don't worry about stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you, you want to be able to set the odometer for every trip, the trip odometer sure. for every trip you take, and he wants you to set it for the purpose of, of, of keeping track of how much gas you've used. Exactly. Yeah. Because it is the only way right now that I know how to keep up track of how much gas there is you're right okay right, and right. you definitely noticed this phenomenon right after you hit this thing in the road right after we hit this thing in the road has anyone looked underneath this to see if the the tank is caved in no Could because be. if, if you hit the gas tank with a big thing under there you'd have dented the gas tank this this vehicle may have a plastic tank in which case they're hard to dent yeah, but if it's if it's a metal tank, and I don't remember what the ninety nine Altima has, you could easily have done that. But you could easily have also, by impact, damaged the uh, the sending unit. There's a device, a, a float device that sits in the gas tank. It would be hard to bought to do anything to that. It would be hard. I, you know, it could be a complete coincidence. Really? Are you being blamed for this? Well, <laughs> well, well uh, yeah. kind of. Yeah, well, yeah, she did yeah, hit the I was thing. driving the car. <laughs> And there was this big thing in the road, and she just said, 
big deal. But this was last year, right? Yes, but it, you know, every time we get in the car, it's, it's always an issue. No, no, no. But but since that time, the the, the car had a year to fix it, and they haven't fixed it. We haven't fixed it because I'm always afraid that I'm going to bring it, and it's going to be just something extremely expensive. Oh, it's or... it's going to be several hundred bucks. Uh, yeah. Mm. That triple odometer thing's looking better and better, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you got to bring it somewhere because, if, I mean, if you, you don't want to fight with your husband. No. Is, gonna... is there any way you can get it fixed and pay cash so he won't know? <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell him it fixed itself. <laughs> it was a miracle. <laughs> well, I, I, don't... I just prayed for it and it fixed itself. <laughs> well, I don't know that it's going to fix itself. And, and, and I think. I doubt it. <laughs> it, it but I think that whatever happened was not, uh, re, you know, was not caused by the hitting the ice ball. By the way, that's a dangerous thing to do. But it could have been worse. If you'd hit it with a wheel, you could have done all kinds of other damage, including losing control of the car. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so you probably did the right thing, but you, but you now you're being punished for it. Well, I am, and I think I'm being punished for it because, actually, I saw it a little ahead, and I probably could have moved, but I just assumed it was a snowball, and I ran over it. Yeah. And, and then I went, oh, my gosh, I didn't even see it because I knew my husband was going to say, why did you move into the other lane? <laughs> you faked it, in other words. <laughs> oh, so <I> excellent. Think... <laughs> All right. It was okay. Well, I hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Take it, and, and they can they can probably, you know, They'll figure it out in five minutes. It's easy to figure out, though. Yeah, and I'm 99% sure that, that the thing is not related to the accident, although it's possible, and, and, but it's going to cost you some, some bucks to get this thing changed. Take up a collection next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> See, a, a special collection with Denise's gas gauge. There you go. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you. See you later. Hey. Do you know what time it is? Uh, let me see. Time to send Bugsy's Mardi Gras headdress to the dry cleaners? No. It's time to play Stump the Chumps. This is the part of the show where we dig up a caller from a previous show to see if he or she took our advice. And if so, we want to know how the physical therapy's going. <laughs> so who's our lucky player this week? It's John from King George, Virginia. I think I'm going to need a little more information than that. I mean, uh, do you remember what color his car was? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he had a 2002 Honda CRV that was making an obvious cry for help. When I uh, go to make a hard U-turn, like when I'm making my uh, turn, turn my wheel uh, to the stops, either left or right, I hear this loud squeaking noise. Yeah. And when I'm going to the left, it sounds like it's coming from the right. And when I'm going to the right, it sounds like I'm coming from the left. Yeah. I had a tape recorder in the car, and I turned it on to make to try to record this sound. Hey, you want me to try to play that for you? Absolutely. Oh, sure. Why not? Okay. We love music. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, this is some kind of music. I'll tell you. Here we go now. It's coming on now. Go ahead, we're ready. Here it comes. Jesus! You hear that? I haven't heard a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was an excellent noise. I loved it. <laughs> well, John didn't love it. What did, what did we tell him? We told him to check the brakes and the fluid in the differential. We thought it was one of those two things. I don't like either of them no, right well, now. Well, let's see how we did. Uh, John, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, guys. How you doing? Well, we're doing great. <laughs> Look, before we before you fill us in, we have not spoken since your last appearance on Car Talk. Is that correct? That's correct. And is it true that the answer you're about to give us has not been influenced by our staff, the staff of National Public Radio, or the set of industrial-grade earplugs that we sent you? <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, John, tell us what happened. Well, I took the uh, car into uh, the Honda dealership over in Fredericksburg. Yeah. They told me the rear end differential uh, had to have its uh, lubricant changed, and it was uh, dirty and old, and they changed the lubricant, uh, drove it around the parking lot half a dozen times. And the noise was, noise was gone. Noise was gone. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, well, on, on this vehicle, the the the, uh, the center differential yeah. is is part of the rear assembly, rear axle assembly, and that lubricant works for both things. 
So I, uh, it, it, I, for whatever reason, it, I don't know why it gets dirty. It must get not dirty, but it breaks down and can't do the job. So uh, I guess that's right. Cool. So what did that cost you? Not much, right? Well, uh, it cost me, well, between that and the uh, they changed the brake fluid, too. They said the brake fluid was dirty. So the whole thing cost me about 160 bucks. What a deal. Fantastic. And the noise is gone. Do you miss it? No, 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 no way. <laughs> well, great. Thanks for playing Stump the Chumps, John. Okay, bye, guys. Bye, See you bye. later. If you hear someone you'd like us to bring back for Stump the Chumps, please email us your suggestion from cartalk.com. Or call us right now and stump us. It's easy. <laughs> I mean, how hard could it be, right? We're at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hello, my name's Claire Costello. I live in Malden. And I'm so Wait, glad. Wait, you your name is what? Claire. Oh, hi, Claire. Claire. You, you live, live in Malden, Massachusetts? That's right. Wow, you're a local. What's what's okay. up, Claire? Well, the only problem I really have is that the servicemen in the area are helping me live on my Social Security check. They're taking good part of it for repairing my car. Ah. Ah, yeah. Ah. Uh, the car's gone almost 95,000 miles. It's a 95 Ford Contour. And the only problem I really have is that when I try to start the car and move it out of park, I can hardly move it out of the parking gear, and I drive it to about five miles. And when I park it, I turn the ignition off and try to put it into park. It will won't. No, I can't. Oh, so, it's, so it's difficult putting it into park, and it's difficult getting it out of park. Yeah. And with both hands, because my feet are on the brake. <laughs> right, right. So, so it, is it feel like it's uh, like the thing is in cement? Like yes, it does. So yeah. it's bound up. And, and have you taken it to any of these local guys to, to uh, address this issue? No, I haven't done that yet. That... I think you might have to. Well, either that or you need to join the gym. Because <laughs> you're going to have to get a heck of a lot stronger, Claire, yeah. if you're going to fight with this thing every day. And you're not going to fix it yourself. No, that's for sure. Doing what you're doing is not helping it. Uh-huh. Well, it's not hurting it, but it might be. I mean, you end up breaking something. Okay. And, and what's wrong, probably, is the shifter cable is, is bound up. Or, if I'm guessing right, you probably don't drive the car as much as you used to. No, I just turned 79, so it's out to the local stop and shop, you know. Uh-huh. And the Feline's basement that I escaped to once in a while. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is not something that's going to cost you a million dollars. Okay. Because no. it's external to the transmission. Oh, okay. And this so. cable connects that shifter, which is you know inside the car, uh-huh. to the transmission. And and either the either the pivot end of it is rusted up, or the cable is rusted inside the sheathing. You know, it it runs through a a, a piece of tubing. And if if it gets rusty because it's been inactive, then if you started driving this every single day, and really working this thing, it might free itself up especially if somebody sprayed lubricant on it. But they, they can try that first. Okay. Take it to the place and ask them to spray it up. And uh, and if, if that doesn't work, then they'll have to replace the cable. All right, then. All right? Good Thank luck, kiddo. Good luck. And, and have fun at Filene's basement. I always do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> See you, Claire. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, look, are you, are you ready to take another break? Ready. I was ready hours ago. <laughs> well, I hate to break it to you. So was the audience. <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, are you going to regale us with a great new puzzler? I'm not sure I'd say great. All right, a good new puzzler? Let's just say that when we come back, I'll have a perfectly adequate new puzzler. Is that good enough (laughs) for you? That's great, yeah. (laughs) It'll do, right? It'll do. It'll do. Let's put it that way. All right. (laughs) What's it about? (laughs) You want to know everything? You're a pain. No, I mean, it's just, you help us out. Uh, It's about uh, words. Words. I can hardly wait. Okay, we'll be back with the new word puzzler and more of your calls in just a minute, so please stay tuned. Don't wanna be your backseat driver. Just wanna sit here right beside you. Watching the windshield wipers and the water that they move. Not gonna give directions. Go on about my We're back. <laughs> You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and the new 
word puzzler, as I as I promised. And, yes, which has and, to do with words. Generally, and, it's and this difficult was, to give a puzzler without words. <laughs> and this was sent in recently, well, last year, by a fellow <laughs> named Bob Dinger. And I'm not even going to mess around with it. No, just go right to it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you a list of words. I'm going to write them down. You can yes, get a pencil, write them down. I got the pencil. Each and every word in this list I'm going to give you. What do they get? It says each. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Has the same unusual uniqueness in common. Okay? Okay. Here are the words. Yeah. Assess. Yeah. Banana. Huh? Dresser. Grammar. Potato. Revive. Uneven. And voodoo. What's that? Voodoo. Voodoo. V O O D O O. Voodoo. So each of these. Like I have a voodoo doll of you that I stick pins in <laughs> every day. So all these words have the same the thing. The same thing that's peculiar about them. Exactly. Okay, I'll read the list wow. again. You ready? Yeah. Assess. Banana. Dresser. Grammar. Potato, revive, uneven, and voodoo. Very good. And I, I suppose if I had to give a hint of any kind. Oh, oh, I don't know if you should. It's so impossible now. <laughs> <laughs> then I won't give no, a no, hint. No, give us a hint. Well, the hint I'll give you is this. Yeah. If I left one of the words off the list, it wouldn't affect the answer. That's a lousy hint. Well, of course. If it were any good, it would help. <laughs> anyway, if you think you know the answer, write it on the inside pocket of a size 44 Overland McKinley shearling jacket made of fine Spanish merino shearling, hand-buffed in Italy with heavy-duty zipper, four-button storm flap, and battery-powered in-pocket hand warmers. And send it before the work is over to Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge. Our Fair City. Matt 02238. Or you could email us your answer from cartalk.com. But if you have a question or an answer right now, give us a call. We're at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Gigi. 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 G-I-G-I? G-I-G-I. Well, my real name is Georgette, but everybody calls me. Oh, Gigi is great. Yes, wow. we, we used to have a Mr. Gigi on our staff. Oh, he yeah. Was, he was our staff hairstylist when we had hair. <laughs> <laughs> now we have a shoeshine boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, where, where, where are, are you from? from? Where are you from? I'm calling from Wynwood, Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia. Oh, okay. So what's cooking, Gigi? Well, here's the problem. I have a brand new husband. We have been married, I guess, about 11 months now. And we have a really different approach to car buying. He will run a car to the ground. I mean, it's like Fred Flintstone car. By yeah. the time he's done with it, you know, you put your feet through the floorboards and yell yabba dabba do to get it to go. <laughs> I, on the other hand, I have always bought a new car every five or six years, you know, really, if I needed it or not, just because I like a new car. Is this so, husband, uh, is he a used husband? <laughs> no, he's my new husband. Well, he's new to you, but has, has he been a husband before? Yeah. Okay. Just, yes. Just, just, no, it makes a difference, you know. And how about how about you? I'm 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 lightly used. <laughs> slightly used. Slightly used. Okay. okay. So he runs his cars into the ground. The problem is that now my car is is six years old. Yeah. I have a 2001 Mercedes ML 320. Mm -hmm. It has about 73,000 miles. On and you're ready to buy a new one. Well, if the he... car has issues. Yeah. When it gets cold, it makes this screeching noise when I started up for about the first 10 minutes. Um, whenever I'm backing out of the garage, it goes... Okay. Does it only make the noise if you're moving or as soon as you start the engine? Um, as soon as I start the engine and when I turn the wheel. Okay, it sounds okay. like you may have a, an old worn-out belt or a bad uh, faulty uh, belt tensioner. $37 and it's fixed. Well, well Mercedes, $137. $137, right. Well, there, I tell you, I, there are a couple other problems, and I'll tell you what I did and how we got to this problem. Go ahead. The check engine light has a mind of its own. It just comes on when it feels like it. Mm -hmm. So you never really know if something's really wrong or if it's just on, because it'll go yeah. on and then mm -hmm. it'll go off. I took it to a garage, 
and they said that the screeching noise was probably caused by power steering fluid. So they changed the power steering fluid, and for a while it was fine. And they said the check engine light um, might be something having to do with air mixture or something like that. I don't. I know nothing about cars. But was this a Mercedes dealership you went to? No, no, it was not. Ah, no, not everybody not. can deal with Mercedes. Well, it may be that. I mean, if these guys misdiagnosed the screeching as the fluid, I think I would look for somebody else, and I might look yeah. for the Mercedes dealer. But I have a suspicion that you're ready for a new car. Well, it, I guess it's you know, should I stay or should I go? I mean, not the marriage, the car. Yeah. Well, maybe both. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to kiss him. I love him. How, how long have you been married? 11, 11 months. months. 11 months. Yeah, so probably another We've well, had the car a lot longer than that. I'd stick with the car if I were you. <laughs> the gas gauge doesn't work anymore, so I always have to keep an eye on how many miles I've driven. Okay, here's what you need to do. I think you need to take it to the Mercedes dealer and get them to do a, a diagnostic on it and give okay. you an estimate of how much is it yeah. going to cost? And it's going to be a stuff. couple of thousand bucks, maybe. So I don't know what to do. Oh, All right. well, I, I know what to do. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> do Do you both work? Yes. Mm-hmm. Could you buy this car, a new car, with the money that you make? Well, I, I guess, but I mean, our money is our money. Oh, so you're mm, so so he does. He I, does. I wouldn't fall for that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no, he he doesn't, he obviously wants to, is he a lot older than you? No, he, a little bit, but no. Oh, I just, just check it. I mean, you know, we, yeah, people we, get to we a have certain, to get a picture Yeah, here. people get to a certain stage in their lives where, you know, they want to, yeah, they're stuck. They want to conserve their money. He he is really supportive. He he says, if I want a new car, that we should go out and we should buy me a new car. There's no problem. All right, so what if you get your eye on Gigi? <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut right to the chase here. What, 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 are, you, what are you eyeing? What looks well, good to I you? Well, I want an SUV. Part of the problem is that the Mercedes just drinks gas like Kool-Aid. I mean, I'm always at the filling station. Do you want an SUV because you want something that has all-wheel drive and you want something I that's... Want, I want all-wheel drive. We do a lot of sports, so I want um, a place for our bikes, a place for our skis. Um, I, I haul a lot of stuff with the kids, and so I, I, want, I want space. So I was looking at the Toyota Highlander. Exactly the vehicle Ooh. I was going to recommend because because that has as much interior room as your 320, or pretty close. Would it make sense to get the hybrid or just to get the regular? Oh, you, yeah. You can get the hybrid. Why not? Well, what's this about I, kids? Where right. How'd the kids sneak into this? <laughs> Where'd they come from? You never told us about any kids. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. We have a 15-year-old who is on the verge of, you know, Getting a driver's license. Oh, I wouldn't worry about the 15-year-old. He's he's probably already joined the circus. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, yeah, he, he'll be driving this, and it'll be nice for him to drive something that's... He'll be driving this car, you think? Absolutely Wait, not. Wait, who brought this kid to the marriage? You or him? I did. I did. You did. Did he bring any kids? Yeah, but they're older and don't live with us. So. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, okay. All right. So, so you, you so have there's one only kid. one kid involved? Right. And it's your kid. And I think the Highland is a good choice. It's exactly what I was going to recommend. And tell him if if you if he doesn't if he doesn't give in, you're going to be a pain in the neck. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. No, I, I, he I, probably knows that already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, our royal pain. <laughs> no, no, he, I've had wives like this. <laughs> no, this is, this is a cooperative arrangement. Well, so far. <laughs> No, if you want to, and, and I and I strongly recommend the the the, uh, the hybrid uh, 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 Highlander. However, I think the the hybrid does not have a third row of seats. That's okay. That's okay. There's only it. three people. Yeah, as long as we can get the bikes and the skis in. Go for it. And You're the gonna... parachutes and all the other stuff they have. To... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the survival gear. But okay. if you want a new car, you go for it, Gigi. All right. All right. <laughs> Great. Thanks for your call. And give Thanks. him a kiss for me. Yeah. I, I will. All right. he's a sweet guy. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks. <laughs> See bye you bye. later. And I get the feeling he is a sweet guy. Well, he, he probably is. 888. Well, it's about you. None of my wives said that about me. 888-CAR-TALK. <laughs> That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on car They were wrong. Hey, this is Graham from Alameda. Hey, Graham. Alameda, California? Alameda, California, exactly. The Isle of Style and Pleasant Living. <laughs> wow. What's going on, Excellent. Graham? 
Well, I raised the hood of my 1995 Infinity, uh-huh. and I can't figure out what's going on under it. <laughs> well, join well, the club. Is, this is the first time you've opened the hood? You've had the thing, the thing for 10 years? Uh, well, yeah, you know, I've had it for quite a while, but, you know, I, I just don't understand. And now my wife has bought a, a 2003 Infinity. And I raised the hood, and, it's even and there's worse. a canvas cover over the top of it. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I, I don't know when this trend started, but manufacturers decided to cover up a beautiful piece of machinery, something that's yeah. that you know is finely engineered and constructed with incredibly high standards and and attention to detail and and small tolerances. And they cover, cover it up with a rag. They, well, they cover <laughs> it up with a 25-cent piece of plastic. Here, here's my issue. Do they make a car that, you know, uh, us former shade tree mechanics can work on? I mean, I... I the answer I is my... no. The answer is absolutely not. <laughs> well, unless you, want, unless you want to go to Romania and buy a Dacia. <laughs> Yeah. You might but not anything, be able to bring one home. Anything you would buy that's less than 15 years old, forget it. You open, oh, well you then, lift up the hood, and there is not a single thing you recognize. I wanted to replace the brake light, so I went down and brought the bulbs. I bought the bulbs, yeah. and I could not figure out how to install them. Oh, oh yeah. So I, I had to go to a garage to yeah. get the bloody things installed absolutely I mean, that's, that's not fair well it's not it's only not fair because you haven't kind of kept up i mean you know it used to be in the old days that all the lenses came off by from the back that yeah. you, the, the lens screwed on when was the last time you actually worked in your own car 1970 uh, what okay, okay you're right it, it's, it's been about eight years but yeah yeah and that car you worked on eight years ago was not this car it was an older car perhaps sure yeah, it was so most taillight assemblies do not screw in from the back. In fact, they're accessed either through the trunk or some panel that you remove inside. You know, if you have a station wagon, it's, you look well, at it and in, say, how do you get at this? In this case, it was star screws that I'd never seen before. Yeah. Yes, those are called Torx bits, T-O-R-X. Oh, thank you. So you need to go down to the hardware store and buy yourself a set of Torx bits because you'll, fi- you'll, you'll find many uses for them. Well, actually, um, I, I have another solution. I, I think I'm going to buy a 1952 Dodge pickup truck. <laughs> you won't like the ride. <laughs> I mean, pe- yeah. people who who, who uh, look at those cars and kind of think about how wonderful it was to be able to work on them and how accessible things were uh, may make the mistake like you're about to and go up and buy one, and you'll find out that it handles poorly, it's got a lousy ride, it's unsafe, it's uncomfortable, and you'll be crying for your 95 Infinity within a day. Yeah, but and if you were intent upon getting up to date, you'd never make it. <laughs> you wouldn't. Well, I mean, you could start right now saying, okay, every day I'm going to learn something new, and within a week, you'll be done. <laughs> you'll give up. You'll, well, you'll give up, and there's nothing else you'll be able to do. Well, here's what you can do. You can go out and buy this 1950s pickup and work on it so you'll feel fulfilled. But you can just drive it in the 4th of July parade. (laughs) (laughs) And it'll take you that long to get it running, maybe. It is sad, though, isn't it? It's uh, I find it to be sad that you open the hood and there's nothing you can do. Well, the hard, nothing. Well, not not so much that, but the fact of the matter is that most of the stuff is binary. Either it works or it doesn't. You know, back in the old days, you know, if the car started to misfire, you could adjust things. You could you could you could do stuff. There's no adjusting. There are anymore. no adjustments, so either stuff works or it doesn't. And when it doesn't work, there's nothing you can do by the side of the road. So when your car breaks down, don't ever bother to open the hood. You'll never be able to do anything anyway. Yeah. Just give up. Just give up. Just give up. And it is pretty sad. I I find it to be sad. Well, it would be really nice. I bought a toaster oven the other day. Yeah. And I had to read the book to figure out how to use it. (laughs) There ought to be a law. There ought to be. I mean, a toaster oven should require a book. It should not. Absolutely not. You know, Um, and and if it's something you don't use all the time, you got to keep rereading the book. It's like Groundhog Day. (laughs) I think that the, the technology for everything has passed us by. Well, it's, it's, I mean, don't forget, 20-year-old guys know exactly what's going on. You give any guy 18 years old a cell phone, and he'll know exactly what to do with every single button on it. And Oh, in an hour. What do I know? Nothing. I, can't, I Once in a while... Does that explain why you never return my calls? <laughs> I can't find the phone. <laughs> I know it's ringing because I hear it, 
But if I try to find it, it's in one of my pockets. Yeah, but and, I don't know and where. you'll crash the car. Don't, good. Don't answer it. <laughs> Graham, good luck, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Yeah, I well, we were any help. <laughs> Bye-bye. Right. But he's Thanks. right. It's... Buy the Torx bits. It'll be a start. <laughs> I'll do that. All right, I'll see, do that. see you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Hmm. Our esteemed producer is Doug the Subway Fugitive, not a slave to fashion, Bongo Boy Bourbon. Our associate producers are Louis Cronin the Barbarian and David Gibraltar Green. Our senior web lackey is Doug the Old Gray Mayor. And our engineer is John Cartman Parati. Our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor, just back from the hop hog, mulled grog, corn dog, quahog, eggnog, <laughs> chocolate log, and filleted frog supper slog, is John Bugsy Lawler. Our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Margin of Error. Our customer care representative is Haywood Jabuzoff. Our personal makeup artist is Bud Tugley. Our investment management company is Poor Lee Endowed. Our beatnik philosopher is Harry Reasoner. Our tour leader is Terry Incognito. Our chief negotiator is Nicole Ann Dime. Our PowerPoint producer is Boris Tadef. Our sleepy Labeef ticket procurer is Caldwell Ahead. Our crash tester is Hope Anna Perea. Our Russian chauffeur is Peekoff and Dropoff. Our optometric firm is CFI Care. Guest accommodations are provided by the horse you rode in. And the head of our working mother support group is Erasmus B. Dragon. Our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is you, Louis Dewey, known to the shivering comparative religion professors in Harvard Square as you, Louis Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're clicking clack the Tappet Brothers. And above all, don't drive like Tommy. And don't drive like Ramey. <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> next week. Bye-bye. CDs of the show, which is number 705, along with Car Talk clothing, audio collections, and other Car Talk gifts, are available at 888-CAR-JUNK or by going to the Shameless Commerce division of our website, cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, our brand new Safe Driving Zone. Uh, funny you should mention safe driving. I had a very close call this morning. Really? What happened? Well, I'm driving along, minding my own business. This lady comes out from behind a fruit stand carrying a bunch of fruit and she walks right out into the street. Did you hit her? No, no, I swerved just in time. But if you happen to know anyone who wants a smoothie, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> now that's the new safe driving zone, folks. All this week at cartalk.com. <laughs>